0: Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Today is episode number 812. It's Friday, August 30th, and as promised, today is the second day of my interview with my friend and the founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, Andrew Pudawa. We're gonna be talking a lot about what's happening in the school system today and encouraging you if you're struggling to bring joy back into your classroom, Andrew has a lot to say that's gonna just light you up and encourage you encourage you like crazy, stick around. I think you're gonna be encouraged. It's very, very hard to come out of that school mentality, and you wrote about this in the book. You said that even though you, you wanted to do something different, this system of education was so ingrained in you that you and your wife ordered a pile of textbooks, right, with the number on the cover, and you started to do school, at home, replicating the very system that you knew you didn't want to be a part of. So, talk to the mom right now who's going, "Oh my goodness, that's me, that's me." I just, <laughs> I just opened up the, the the catalog and I'm like, I have a second grader, a fourth grader, and a sixth grader, and I ordered all the things with two and four and sixes on them. And it's, I know it's not what I want to do, but I don't want my kids to fall behind, right? That's the main that's always the main fear. And that, of course, we think, oh, that's bad. So how how can you encourage that mom right now? How do we break out of this idea that education has to be a one size fits all?
1: It's a tough one, because our, you know, even when we say that's what I want to do, we fall back into our fear of, you know, how can I do that differently? We, we actually need Heidi to start an organization called schoolaholics anonymous.
0: Yes, we do. And we,
1: we can just <laughs> all get together, uh, you know, virtually. Hi, my name's Heidi and I can't
0: put the textbook down.
1: And I went to school and I don't want to be that way anymore. I think yep. one one of the terms I, I think is misunderstood is the term unschooling.
0: Unschooling. Yep. I knew you that. Know, yep.
1: A lot of people think, well, that's where you just keep your kids home and you don't teach them anything. Mm-hmm. But if you were to look at, That would be non-schooling. Unschooling is is when you undo some of the schooling you've had. So, you know, I think this is especially helpful for parents who are pulling their kids out of, you know, an an institutional setting. You may have to just take some time and say, "We're going to do everything differently. We're going to, you know, read books out loud together for a couple hours a day. Uh, We're going to let everybody." Do math right at the level where they can do it, and not worry about what number is on the cover uh, mm-hmm, we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna scrap science textbooks and study natural philosophy by going outside and collecting insects and then see hey, we'll there's an make idea collection of leaves, and then we'll make a collection of different blades of grass and we'll catalog and observe and just get out of the mentality that knowledge and experience are best delivered through books and just undo some of that for a while. And then once you've had some healing, right, uh, then you can go into a new phase and appreciate books and use resources in a different way. So perhaps while the weather is still nice and it's fall and before it gets cold and miserable, make a focus on spending more time outdoors, Collecting and more time, you know, maybe sitting on the grass reading uh, a beautiful book or a book Mm -hmm. of stories or taking turns reading, uh, memorizing poetry, Um, Mm -hmm. having kids spend more time uh, doing what they love. If they love to draw, give them more time to draw, music, writing. Um, I think that can do a little bit to help us undo some of the schooling that we still have as baggage. And there's plenty of time. And here's the other thing I would say, Heidi, I have been in public schools. I have done professional development in public schools. I have observed in public schools. And, and I would affirm what Gatto said, which is essentially even in the best schools, you know, 80 to 90 percent of what goes on is just It's logistics and people management and discipline and organizational issues. The real learning that happens in most schools is a very small percentage of the time that children spend there. So Mm. you don't have to do a whole lot of active teaching to make up that, to do as well as the school. And that frees you up to have a whole lot more time to just live and Follow the Holy Spirit for your family and and the direction you want to go, and giving kids more freedom. And you know, as Maria Montessori said, the work of a child is to play.
0: Yes, and, uh, and boy, that's set, something the schools don't do anymore. Set up set up
1: the proper play environment, which would be mm-hmm. a non screen approach to Hello. play.
0: <laughs> right, and I think sometimes uh, it, you know you get into the habit of once you retrain your yourself, because that's really what we're doing, right? We're going to talk about unschooling. I think parents need to unschool themselves, you know, go back to this idea of where we went wrong and then try to go a different direction. Our son Spencer just went away. I just started college uh, this last week. And on Sunday night, he got an email from the head of the writing department there, and Spencer had taken you know their entrance exams, whatever, and they wrote to him and said, "Hey Spencer, uh, we're going to take you completely out of freshman writing. You don't need it, and we're just going to skip your freshman year and we'll start you in your sophomore year." And Spencer came, you know, run into the run into me, and I was in the kitchen. He was like, "Mom, check it out!" And he said, <laughs> "I didn't know if this homeschooling thing was going to work." Thank you, and he just started laughing. You know, I think, and I laugh too because what my goal in educating my children became over time, I wanted them to love to learn. I didn't want them to think of school as this, oh, gross, here we go, grab your pencil, 45 minutes for this, close your book, go to the next thing. I wanted them to have a sense of wonder about learning and to enjoy learning. And it took me kind of a long time, I think, to get to that point, mostly because I was so hung up on it had to look a certain way. And I so appreciate your voice in this, Andrew, because I think what you're doing, is you're, you're setting people free. You're setting parents free to say, it doesn't have to look the way that it did when you grew up. And in fact, there's freedom. And when you unfree, you know, when you free yourself from the constraint of, that, of the system that you grew up in, your kids can actually flourish.
1: You know, that makes me think of um, how certain terms get hijacked. For example, choice, right? Yeah. Has been hijacked. Yes, it doesn't. It's the way it's used isn't what it means. Another right. one, progressive, right? Yeah, progress. Progressive should mean progress. Only objectively, we've had five decades of decline in academic performance in schools. So, mm-hmm. if that's mm-hmm. progress, do we really want it? The one that really irks me is uh, college and career readiness.
0: Oh this yeah,
1: buzzwords that were, I think institutionalized by the college board and the redesigned SAT. And they're just saying this all over the place. It's kind of along the sides of critical thinking, which is a slightly different topic, but I, I, sometimes I try a thought experiment with people and audiences. I'll say, okay, so let's pretend that you are a person who has to teach or a person who has to hire and supervise high school graduates. Mm-hmm. Okay, so imagine yourself in one of those situations. Would you please tell me some of the skills or traits or abilities or or qualities of a person that you would like to have either in your class in college or in your workplace? What do you think people say
0: uh kind honest mm-hmm. uh, teachable. <laughs>
1: Teach, teachable, that's,
0: humble—that's what I'm always looking for. Teachable, humble. I want to, uh, you know, here at the Homeschool Resource Center, we talk to the kids about character. We're much more concerned with their character than we are with where they come in academically, because we know that if they're teachable, we can work with all the rest of it. If they're humble and kind, and they can have respect and know how to listen to the teacher, uh, then we're gonna we're gonna get somewhere. But that's yeah. like the That's like the wise person versus the person who's got a head full of knowledge and no wisdom to uh, back it up, right?
1: Yeah, precisely. And, you know, people often will say, they'll add to that and say, you know, communication skills, or they'll say um, interpersonal skills, or sometimes they'll go down to the very baseline and say, show up on time. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say, you know, 90 some percent of anything that anybody ever says is not something that can be evaluated by the SAT test.
0: Hallelujah. Thank you. That's right.
1: But the college board thinks, okay, what we're going to do is create a test that's then going to force publishers to create curriculum that teachers are then yep. going to use to create these this college and career readiness. When, as you and I know, I, man, just give me a humble, hardworking, teachable, happy person, and mm-hmm. I can teach them stuff. I don't need right. them to have all sorts of you know, high academic test scores, and yeah. uh, honestly, I'd take a homeschool graduate who never stepped into college classroom over someone with a business degree from UCLA, mm-hmm. probably any time. Because mm-hmm. you know, the person with the degree think they think they know something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that uh, that whole idea about you know how d- and what you said, you know, want to love learning if you walk into a new job or a new class and you say, Hey, I'm excited about this opportunity. I'm not good at it yet, but I'm excited to learn. Uh, What more could we ask for as, as teachers and business owners? And
0: yeah, that's exactly uh, right. The, um, the gentleman that, uh, donated the building that the Friendly Panel Homeschool Resource Center exists out of, talked to Jay and he's been mentoring us for several years, an incredibly wise man. He's a genius. He's an inventor and he he didn't enjoy school. It sounds a lot like you actually, Andrew, did not enjoy school, came out of it, was just like, I wasn't born to do this. I was born to do this. And he took him a while, but then he figured it out and he started his own business. And he said, you know, Heidi, we were talking about who he would hire, because they have people there that are engineers, people that work in the front office, people that are you know working in design and development. He said, I use a cash system when we look at hiring. And his cash system stands for character, attitude, skills, and habits. He said, if the character's not there, I don't care if they have the skills or not. Because if, if they have the skills or the head knowledge, but they have no character to back it up, I'm not gonna hire them. Same thing is right. true of an attitude. They come in, let's say they got good character, but their attitude's wrong. Well, then I'm not gonna hire them. He said, skills are at the bottom of the, of the cash list that we look for. And what we really want is exactly what you were saying, Andrew, what we really want is humility. What we really want is teachability. He said, if you give me an 18 year old kid who just got out of school, who is really fascinated by the robots that we have here, because uh, they do a lot of robotics, but he doesn't have any uh, real experience with it, except for he's interested in it and he wants to learn and he's humble, that's the guy I'll hire. And I thought, yep, I mean that's right, right. But that's not what we're that's not what we're talking about in education as a whole anymore.
1: Yeah, and sadly, you know, we've taken a, a very industrial model and applied it to human beings. Mm. And when I say that, you, you get this idea of you know, in the business world, I'm sure you've heard this. You know, what gets measured is what gets done you know assessment drives productivity mm-hmm. and maybe that is true in some situations in the business world of adults but when you apply that to children you're essentially denying their soul their humanity their individuality yeah. the what god has put into them their hearts and minds mm-hmm. and then you you know try to backward engineer education and that's not what growth, and let's let's get back to that word that I said that you thought of at the same time, flourishing. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that will really help our children flourish? And, you know, some environments are more conducive to growth than others, but we can positively influence in every single circumstance to some degree to help children flourish. Yeah, that's way, absolutely
0: right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, your book, However Imperfectly, where can uh, listeners find that?
1: Well, um, we sell it on our website at IEW.com. Um, right. There's some people who sell it on Amazon. Um,
0: well, I'll tell you what, I will link back to it because I know there's a lot of people listening to this today that are gonna wanna get their hands on this because you've got essay after essay after essay of insight into teaching because what we've talked about today is just a is just a snippet really of what you're talking about in However Imperfectly. And it's gonna be such a blessing to so many people. So for those of you who are listening, you want more information, I will link back to that in the show notes today. Andrew Pudawa, you, tre- you are a national treasure, you uh, are a national treasure, particularly <laughs> to the homeschool community. But to me, you know, I could be the president of the Andrew Pudowa fan club. So I thank oh, you so me. much for, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to come on and encourage listeners today. You are a delight.
1: Well, and you are one of the most inspirational people I have ever known. So I'll be, I don't know if I could be president, but I'll be a (laughs) member of the Heidi St. John Parent (laughs) Club. That's for sure. Well, we've been in the
0: looks too young to be a grandparent club together for a while. So,
1: Yeah, but see, you're still in it, but I'm way out of it because people look at me and they just just think grandpa. But Heidi, I have 11 (laughs) grandchildren and three on the way. I mean, they are coming Fast and furious.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, I'll tell you, here's a fun little announcement. I have two grandkids, which you know, and one on the way. Oh,
1: congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start gaining gaining some traction here, I hope, with the grandkid. Uh, I know that the race is on, so I bet but you know, in this position, we can only do so much. We can only smile and nod and looks good. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a joy to have you.
1: A pleasure, as always. God bless you, Heidi.
0: Thank you, you as well. For more information on Andrew Pudowa and the resources at IEW, visit IEW.com or go to the show notes today and I will link back to all things Andrew Pudowa and his new book, However Imperfectly. Remember, today is a great time to register for my event in Fredericksburg, Virginia and also to get your early bird tickets for the Heidi St. John Conference, Faith That Speaks, coming to Vancouver. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day and I'll see you back here on Monday.